1: Welcome to the table where we discuss issues of God and culture. I'm Darrell Bach, Executive Director for Cultural Engagement at the Hendricks Center. And my guest today is Ron Deal, who works for Family Life Ministries in Little Rock, Arkansas. Is that right. right? That's right. And you have a special area within family life. And we're going to start off by just defining our terms. So, mm-hmm. that area is?
2: Well, I manage a department called Family Life Blended. Uh-huh. We work specifically with strengthening step families and step family ministry.
1: Okay, so sometimes that's called mixed family. So, mm-hmm. let's deal with terminology to start off with. Yeah. What's the difference between mixed and step and, and whatever else we might throw in this It, really is, it yeah. really is confusing. It really
2: is. It depends on what part of the country you're from. If you're in North America, it depends on what part of the world you're from in terms of what term you'll use, for mm-hmm. example. Um, step family is the most popular term in South Africa mm-hmm. and uh, Australia and New Zealand and most of the UK. Mm-hmm. Um, the word blended family is commonly used in the United States mm-hmm. to refer to step families, but only in certain contexts. So, blended family is the idea, right? That's what you're mm-hmm. creating is a blended family. Mm-hmm. But when you talk about any specific relationship, it's a step parent. Or stepchild mm-hmm. or step sibling. There's mm-hmm. no such thing as a blended mom. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> um, but now, by the way, we, we got to qualify this because yeah. if you live in the southeast part of the United States, a blended family is generally the term for a biracial couple.
1: Yeah, and sometimes called a mixed marriage. Exactly. Yes. And
2: so um, it depends on where you are and what people will use. So here's what I've learned to do. Okay use both terms okay. step family and blended family uh-huh. in within the same sentence <laughs> within the same 30 <laughs> within 30 seconds of beginning to speak to any particular audience just so I can help define for them what I do and who I'm talking about
1: now how long have you been a family life
2: i've been there just over 3 years mm-hmm. i've been doing step family ministry since the late 90s i actually Started uh, as a marriage and family therapist working in church context mm-hmm. in the early 90s, mm-hmm. and that's when I really began to explore this thing called a step family hmm. and uh, what it is and how it's different from biological families and how we help.
1: Now, how? I, I actually, I'm asking a question. I have no idea what the answer is mm. to, and that is: Have things changed in the last 50 years when it comes to step families, or 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 what? Particularly in relationship to the church? Mm. Well, yes.
2: Boy, is that a loaded question? Yeah, that's, that's why
1: I, I knew. I knew. I went well, and at least I didn't say in 25 words or less. Yeah,
2: <laughs> good. Yeah. So we could look at that from a um, from a sociological standpoint, mm-hmm. we can look at it from a church ministry standpoint. It probably would be good for us to, to do both of those. Yeah, let a, a lot of people are really surprised. From a, from a sociological standpoint, let me say two things. Uh, the proportion of blended families in our culture today is a little higher than it used to be. But going back clear 100 years, mm-hmm. it was still about the same as it is now. Hmm. Now, here's what's different. Mm-hmm. 100 years ago, 150 years ago... Most step families were born out of the death of one parent. Okay? The average marriage lasted seven years, but it wasn't because of divorce. It ended because of the death of a parent, usually the mom and childbirth, hmm. okay? And so the dad was left, he had children, he marries again, that's a step family. Mm-hmm. So the proportion of step families in our culture has always continued to be about the same, although I believe in the last 20 years it has begun to increase pretty rapidly. We can come back to some trends about why that is. But here's the other thing that really surprises a lot of Christian people. If you stop and you look at the Old Testament families of the Bible, mm-hmm. they were step families of a different color, I should mm-hmm. say. You know, mm-hmm. they were complex families mm-hmm. where you had multiple marriage, mm-hmm. right? So it wasn't a marriage and a death and then another marriage or a divorce and another marriage. Mm-hmm. It was Jacob getting married four times, multi-layered, and having lots of boys yeah. and lots of rivalry and favoritism. Right. And most of the Old Testament families we read about and talk about and have studied are very common and have the same dynamics as modern day step families. We just never really thought about it.
1: Yeah, that's interesting.
2: And so they've always been a part of God's people. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that's a really important thing because I encounter a lot of ministry leaders who kind of one eyebrow goes up when I begin to talk about this and they're like, "Well, who what why would we even, you know, what what what's the ministry all about and why do we need to do that?" and as if this is a new thing. And mm-hmm. it it's not a new thing.
1: Interesting. Interesting.
2: Um, now, sociologically, what are the trends that have seen an increase in, in step families today? Well, uh, divorce mm-hmm. has a whole lot to do with it, going mm-hmm. back to the 60s and the increase that hit it, its peak in the 70s. Um, so, we have two or three generations now of, of, of kids, of young people that are, uh, have seen serial divorces in their family. And I, that's a really new thing, mm-hmm. and um, it's something we have to pay attention to. The other thing is cohabitation rates. Mm-hmm. So there are th- you know, there's three different ways you can find yourself in a blended family. It's not always about divorce, mm-hmm. okay? Sometimes it is. Most of the time it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, but often it's about a death of a spouse. Mm-hmm. There's lots of people. We're living longer, so think about this scenario. Mm-hmm. You have a 30-year marriage, mm-hmm. and your spouse dies. And a year later, you get married again. My brother-in-law became a stepson, a stepchild mm-hmm. at the age of 49.
3: Hmm.
2: Okay, now this guy's not telling him uh, to take out the trash. Right. right. That that's right. not the nature of their relationship. But he is figuring out who is this guy married to my mom. Mm-hmm. And how do we get along at Thanksgiving? Mm-hmm. I mean, it changes everything mm-hmm. in their family, right? His grandkids now have a step-grandparent. I mean, think about that for a minute. Mm-hmm. Those are very legitimate reasons that people find themselves in step-family situations, and um, and we're living longer, and so there's lots and lots of later-life marriages that are forming step-families. And mm-hmm. then the last trend is out-of-wedlock pregnancy. Mm-hmm. Um, 42% – you, you may have heard this – You know, 40% of children in the U.S. now are born out of wedlock. That's kind of the headline. You'll see that when we're talking about family ministry. But here's what people don't know that's behind that. Mm-hmm. You ready for this? Okay. 60% of those couples that are having a child out of wedlock, there's already one child. One of those two parents, the mom or the dad, of this new baby – Already has a kid from another relationship. So so it's
1: multiple, basically.
2: It's multiple births out of wedlock and multiple half sibling relationships, step sibling relationships. Mm -hmm. Complex families are becoming more and more um, uh, just, you know, it's just growing. So there's the path of no marriage and no divorce and no death. There's the path of divorce. There's the path of the death of a spouse, all of which give birth to blended families. So we estimate in our, in our ministry that easily one-third of all weddings in the U.S. today, at least a third, are giving birth to a blended family. It could be as high as
1: 40%. So let's flip the page here from sociology to the church. What does that mean for the church, and how has the church ha- handled what obviously in one sense has been around for a time, but also is to some degree a little more prevalent?
2: if I can be candid, mm-hmm. uh, we haven't handled it. Mm-hmm. We have marginalized and ignored step families for the most part. Mm-hmm. Um, not because we wanted to or because we're mean. Mm-hmm. I-, I spent 25 years of my life in local church context. I get how hard ministry is in a mm-hmm. day-in, day-out basis. Um, it's not that we're trying to do that, it's just we're busy. And honestly, I think for a lot of ministry leaders, they just never thought about it. Mm-hmm. And they didn't realize that there's something unique or different here. So I'm doing premarital counseling, for example, in my church, and a couple comes to me and, wow, he's got two kids and she has three, and um, well, all I know to do is do my premarital counseling thing. Mm-hmm. So I talk to the couple about communication and sex and managing their money and praying together. And I don't know to talk about kids or mm-hmm. ex spouses mm-hmm. or the complexities of being a parent and a stepparent in the same household. I don't mm-hmm. even know to talk about those things.
1: Yeah, there are layers of things that you just don't think of because yeah. our model is, you get married and you stay married, and, and that's the kind of the world that we try and live in. But this isn't the 1950s. That's right. Yeah,
2: that's right. So historically, I think we haven't done well, mm-hmm. but I'm very encouraged that. Um, I'm here this week in Dallas for four days to do presentations at a marriage ministry conference, and 500 ministry leaders are going to be there, and they have seen fit, the the creators of this conference, to give me some stage time. In other words, that's the first time we've ever said, you know Mm -hmm. what, this is big enough. Everybody needs to know about Mm -hmm. this. Now let me give you another analogy that may encourage you and that is family life. Mm-hmm. The ministry that I work with, International Ministry Subsidiary of Crew, right. we're in 101 countries around the world. Mm-hmm. 50,000, 60,000 people will in North America will go through our marriage conference called the weekend to remember. Mm-hmm. This year 60,000 people will be touched by that. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have online materials and resources. And for 38 years, Dennis Rainey has been the president of that. He is a
1: DTS grad. Yeah, when you call something the weekend to remember, you better have a success on your that, hands. That's
2: right. <laughs> and so, you know, here's this awesome ministry that's highly respected around the world, does great, great work, work working with couples and parents. And for 35 of those 38 years, didn't have a clue and know what to do with stepfamily. Well,
1: it's the analogy of the picture in the parable that we're talking about. Right. Yeah.
2: And so Dennis comes to me, calls me out of the blue one day and says, hey, y- y- you're the guy. You're, mm-hmm. You've been doing this and you understand it and we don't. Would you be willing to come and help us? Now, that sort of shift is taking place not just at Family Life, but in local churches, family ministries, marriage ministries, uh, discipleship ministries all over the country. It's slow. hmm But we're really finally catching on. We are behind in terms of being relevant to people Mm -hmm. to try to help them redeem this family that they're in. Mm And redeem then the next generation that's going to be you know that's growing up in this family and
1: cope with a variety of relationships they have to deal with as a result
2: and make God the center of this home Mm -hmm. and help them to be successful. One of my little mottos is make this marriage your last. Yeah, you know we we want it to last, so it is their last marriage. We don't want any repetitive divorces, but the divorce rate for couples and stepfamilies is at least ten to twenty five percent higher. Than it is for couples in first marriages. We're concerned about divorce. We should be overly concerned about re-divorce.
3: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: It's a different animal, but it impacts lives and it has Detrimental effects to faith development in children, to the process of loving within the home, and creating a safe environment where God is honored, and and so we're just really catching on to this thing. Interesting. We got to do something about
1: this. Now, let let let, I'm still interested in the. I'm kind of fascinated by the mechanics of what we're talking about to a certain degree. So, what's what was the transition like when family life (laughs) brought you in and said, "All right, this is going to be a part of what we're going to do and what we're going to be talking about." Mm What did that look like, and, and 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 how would you define the transition into that world? I mean, did they just come and say, "Help us," or or were there elements uh, of space to negotiate through as you as you as you became integrated into the into family life?
2: Yeah, it started with a "help us," and then we had to get down to logistics and uh-huh. strategies, right. right? And and you know the same strategies that we've implemented at Family Life, I will teach this week to marriage ministry leaders. Mm-hmm. For example, you, you don't have to recreate entirely new things. What, whatever you're doing for couples in, in in your marriage ministry around communication or sexuality mm-hmm. or what all those topics that we like to talk about, those all help couples and step families too. Mm-hmm. So that's great. You got a running start. Yeah, yeah. Now add 100% more to what you teach them mm-hmm. because there's a whole new set of things. There's another layer need. of stuff. There's a, there's multiple layers yeah, of stuff. Yeah. And so to be really on target and really help them deal with where they live life, then we've got to just add some stuff to it. Um, and so, for example, Family Life is doing that. The Weekend to Remember Marriage conference that we've talked about mm-hmm. now has sprinkled all the way through the two-and-a-half-day event messages and tips and tools and a story that illustrates some piece of healthy step family living so mm. that the, we know our audience is about 25% blended couples, so we can speak to them in the midst of the general marriage ministry. Pastors can do this from the public. One of the most creative ideas I've heard recently is, is a senior pastor who's preaching on marriage and one of the things he's learned to do is maybe bring up a couple at the end of the sermon, and of course it's prearranged, and they mm-hmm. have a little conversation, just like you and I are. And he gets to ask them how they have applied the principles he's been teaching about. Well, now what he does is he brings up two couples. Mm-hmm. You know, one in a first marriage and one in a step family, hmm. and sometimes their answers are very parallel to one another, and they're pretty much the same. But on occasion. The couple in a stepfamily will say, "Yeah, but in our family it works like this. This mm-hmm. is what's on our mind. This is how that applies to money management in our marriage. Not only applies to me, but applies to the money that we have to think about. Just you know, child going to the other child- home, child yep. care, and, yep. and 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 so there's a layers of complexity begin to, to come out. And the people who are attending get to see that, especially those who are living that, or somebody who's a grandma who cares about her son, who lives in a stepfamily all the way across the country. And everybody is learning how that applies to them. And so just those simple little things that you do add to um, what you normally would have done and really, really touches
0: people's lives. This episode is brought to you by The Truce Podcast. I'm sure you've been there. You're at an event, a dinner, a small group, and someone says something like,
1: If you're a Christian, you have to vote Republican. So I assume these other topics include things like, you know, helping children adjust to the arrival of Mm -hmm. a new authority figure in the house, and how you relate to that, and the stages of life that that may be in. Because young kids are very, very different from older kids, Mm -hmm. and the memories that older kids tend to have. Um, uh, My, my, I'll just go ahead and share my own story. My mom died when I was was at forty two, when I was fourteen years old. Okay. And uh, she um, – and, and so my dad remarried several years later, mm-hmm. and so we have a new mother in the house now. Two of my siblings were already in college when she passed away, and then okay. two of us were in the house. Um, and I was the only one of uh, – I had, I had a brother and two sisters. I was the only one of the four of us who liked the mm. person my dad mm. married. Wow. Everyone else had a – either a suspicious or even hostile reaction, Hmm. which introduced all kinds of new stuff into the dynamics of what had been a a, a healthy family, but a little bit traumatic. We had been through cancer as a family together from the time I was eight until my mom passed away at 14, and so we had had six years of that in and out of the hospitals and that kind of thing. That was disruptive, but but we knew my mom and dad loved each other, and we all got along, Mm -hmm. so, you know, it was – it wasn't – you know, it wasn't perfect, but it was nice. Now, all of a sudden, in the house, there's all this tension that yeah. you didn't used to have. Introduced by a figure who uh, who my dad obviously cared about a great deal, mm-hmm. but the kids were not happy. Mm-hmm. And so um, – Do you have a sense, if
2: I might ask, yeah, yeah. do you have a sense for those who – Found it hard to receive her and open themselves to her. Um, what what was it? What was their concern? Uh,
1: it was a combination of things, I would say. Um, one was, I think they felt a sense of uh, of innate disloyalty yeah. to yeah. mom. To mom. Okay. I think the other part of it was there was suspicion on the part of at least some that the that the reason she had. Be it, was attracted to my dad as my dad was a fairly uh, well to do businessman mm-hmm. who could provide nicely for her. She came out of a different social strata in the city, mm-hmm. and so there was skepticism at that level. There were the, the variety of things at play. The interesting thing is is that I I had spent more time with her during my dad's courtship because of where I was. I was a I was a junior and senior in high school, and so um, so we were around each other a lot. I got to know her in a way that my Two older siblings who were away at college never had the chance to do. So it was like, boom, this woman pops into their lives. And my younger sister was so traumatized by my mom's death because she was a couple of years younger than I was that she was still going through the grief of losing a mom. And I mean, we all were, but it really hit her significantly at a very sensitive age. And so uh, and, and so, actually, what I'm mapping out for you is probably not atypical. In that, not. every child has a different reaction right. to what's happening in the house. Right. And in the midst of that, um, you've got <laughs> you've got all these 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 balls bouncing off the walls you know colliding at different angles with mm-hmm. each other
2: absolutely so what you've kind of hit on uh-huh. is a couple of really big themes mm-hmm. that if you're going to understand step families and be helpful mm-hmm. there's a couple of big things in here mm-hmm. one of them is loss mm-hmm. you know I say to people all the time a wedding that forms a blended family is not the beginning it's mm-hmm. the middle mm-hmm. now think about that for a second mm-hmm. right when a couple gets married for the first time let's say they're 25 and 26 years mm-hmm. of age, No kids involved. It's the gateway to the rest of their life. That's used to used to be that used to be the way marriage was in our culture. That's Mm -hmm. how it was seen as the gateway to everything else in your life. Mm -hmm. You you get a job, you buy a house, you have children, and everything flows from that. Mm -hmm. Well, now uh, marriage is the capstone. Mm -hmm. It's not the gateway. I'm not saying it should be this. I'm just saying that's the way people view it. It's the capstone. So you can live together. You can have three kids with three different fathers, but you've not arrived until you've gotten married. Mm -hmm. It's still prized that much. Mm -hmm. But how you get there is just totally different path, right? Okay, but it used to be that marriage was the beginning of the story. Mm -hmm. Now, when it gives birth to a blended family, it's the middle of the story, and there is a lost narrative that is always following the family. Mm -hmm. And it's at the heart of everything. So a kid who says, you're not my mom, I don't have to do what you say, Mm – is in part telling you, I miss my mom. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what's deep within mm-hmm. that statement. Mm-hmm. I wish she were here, mm-hmm. so but she's not, and I'm having to grieve her, and. You being here is a constant reminder of that.
1: Yeah, you're a substitute I had really have no choice about.
2: I didn't get to choose her dying. I don't get to choose you being here. Yeah. Here's another thing, it's more loss for me that yep. you're here. Yeah. It's more of a reminder. My loyalty to mom means that I really don't want to make space for you. It feels like I'm burying her all over again. There's all kinds of really hard things mm-hmm. wrapped up in the loss. Mm-hmm and it's just so easy now here's the thing the adults and pastors <laughs> tend to forget that you know loss didn't end after the funeral right it just rolls every day for the rest right, of your life right exactly and you just it, it's always there now mm-hmm. here's the other thing the big rock that mm-hmm. was tied up in your story mm-hmm. and it's what what we call competing attachments mm-hmm. okay so again think about how big this is mm-hmm. in a first family a uh, husband and wife meet fall in love and then they begin to have children all the emotions and the attachments W- between those family members are all moving in the same direction. Mm-hmm. Nothing competes; they all mm-hmm. move together. So, when Dad spends time with his wife, the kids maybe, "Ah, eh, I wish we could go to the movie with you," but we understand you guys are in love and you do that romantic thing, and that's okay with us.
1: Yeah, yeah. we love it that you're together. <laughs> yeah, we pray kids give the parents permission to be parents, is and be, right? <laughs> be married to each other. That's really nice. And, uh,
2: <laughs> and, and let me tell you how serious this is to the kids. If Mom and Dad are having problems mm-hmm. and they're they're battling or yeah. they're in conflict or they separate. The kids fight to get them back together again. See, mm-hmm. they're, everything's moving in the same direction. They're invested in the marriage just like the couple is oh, invested absolutely, in the marriage. Yeah. Here's another observation about that. If dad spends time with a son, m- is mom threatened by that? No. Mm-hmm. She's thrilled that dad's mm-hmm. investing in their kid, mm-hmm. right? Now, all things in balance, yeah, right? You don't yeah, want to yeah. overdo anything. But the relationships are moving in the same direction. Now, yeah in a step family, on day one, uh-huh. there is somewhere uh-huh. a competition. Uh-huh. Relationships compete. So your sister's relationship with your dad is now competing for your stepmom's relationship with your dad. Uh-huh. Just think about that. Uh-huh. So if dad is successful in his marriage, he, it might come at the expense of a relationship with a child. Uh-huh. And to that kid, this is not just a one loss. This is loss number one hundred thousand mm-hmm. on
1: top of mom's death. Mm-hmm. And so it, they're highly sensitive. And to you that. haven't even brought in the other part of the equation, which is how do the siblings across the two families relate to each other? Mm-hmm. Because in my situation, we had three. The the woman who my dad remarried had three children of her own mm. who came into the equation, all younger. Than our, than the youngest in our family, mm-hmm. okay, because this woman that my dad remarried was significantly younger than he was, and so um, so that was a whole nother set of. I mean, mm-hmm. and again, to show you the difference for me. I got to be a big brother to little brothers I never had. That was kind of fun, yeah, okay, yeah. But to my older brother, it was it, and and really to my older sister, it was <laughs> three. Pieces of the family that never were a part of the family. Yeah. You know, because they.
2: So they lost their mom and then they lost their family. Yeah. You know, they lost what home is. Mm-hmm. And you, you go at Christmas and there's, you know, 10 other people. Strangers. In the, you don't in the even house, know who they are. Almost. It's yeah. not even our home anyway. Yeah. Think about that. It's loss upon loss upon mm-hmm. loss upon loss. That makes it difficult for those people to love and honor one another. Mm-hmm. Think about the, how profound competing relationships is. I like to joke about this one for a mm-hmm. minute. I mean, what if the Trinity. Mm-hmm. had competing relationships. Can mm-hmm. you imagine on the day of Jesus' baptism if the Holy Spirit said, whoa, <laughs> he's your beloved son? Oh, come on. Not that again, yeah, right? Come yeah. on. You favor him all the... There's no way I'm descending like a dove, all right? Forget
1: <laughs> yeah. it. I mean, think about Maybe that. Maybe like a vulture.
2: <laughs> like a vulture. Yeah. You know, think about that. If yeah. somebody says, I'm not cooperating, this doesn't feel good to me, yeah. then it just it makes for the disharmony. So you said it earlier when you said... Uh, There was now tension in our home that we'd never had before, Mm -hmm. right? So what do you do with that? That's new. That's a Mm -hmm. new loss in and of itself. Mm -hmm. Now there's – you and your siblings, some were – you were kind of okay with
1: stepmom, and they weren't. And everybody's negotiating that space. So I'm sitting here with my siblings going, why do you dislike her? You know, I don't mm -hmm. get – their hostility. Yeah. Okay, they don't. They aren't particularly thrilled about my acceptance. Mm-hmm. Um,
2: now you're pitted against each exactly other. Exactly right.
1: Exactly. And so they're they're just. It's a strange set of dynamics that that come in, and it and it and it all came with the territory. I yeah. mean, you know, there was no opting in or out. It was, it, it 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 happened. And and I think in some cases, I think this is true. Of my older sister. My older sister never quite. Entirely got why her gut reaction was just so mm-hmm. there.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, she never could quite put words on it, but she knew she had it and she knew it was there. And so it was like this, it was like this, it's like this mystery prick in your mm-hmm. side. You right. know, right. Uh, it, it, it's painful. It's there. I'm not sure. Uh, and and there even was a little bit of I know I should probably think different about this because this is, you know, that dad's happy. Yeah. You know. Yeah. You know, but that's not how I'm feeling about it.
2: Now imagine just imagine I don't I don't know if this would have worked or been helpful for your sister, yeah. but imagine somebody in her situation having a children's pastor, mm-hmm. come alongside her who knew who knew the dynamics and say to her something to the effect of this is hard. Yeah. It's not supposed to feel good. Yeah. And you uh, it makes all the sense in the world to me why it's so hard for you to like your stepmother mm-hmm. because you miss your mom. Mhm. Wow. I mean, mm-hmm. just think about that, mm-hmm. connecting in and putting words on. See, she didn't know why she
1: – she, she was searching for what. But if Washington. somebody gave
2: words to it yeah. and said, I think this is what it is. And then they went so far as to say, and you know what? You don't have to embrace your stepmother like you did your mother. There's only one mom in your yeah, life. Yeah, give permission,
1: exactly. And,
2: and there is a certain special space in your heart that is only reserved for your mom. And your stepmom will never even try to go into that place, and, and, and you don't have to put her there. She is just another adult – who cares for you, Mm -hmm. just like your teachers at school. Just like a youth pastor.
1: Hopefully, she does a little better than just that.
2: Like, maybe a little <laughs> just like a, like yeah. your aunt Susie, yeah, just like yeah. grandma, just yeah. like uh, you know. You, there's lots of people in your life who care for you, and she's another one of those, mm-hmm. not mom.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: I just imagine somebody who is able to step into that space, put words on her experience, help her get some perspective, and then give her permission to not have to like her. And do away with mom. Yeah. Now all of a sudden, maybe your sister, maybe. Yeah. She, her shoulders drop a little bit.
1: Yeah. And she you relaxes. create some fresh space, and you create a location for the for for this new reality that you that you're having to deal with, and 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 you're also trying to pull away from the kind of competitive inherent competitive sense that that move might have produced.
2: If they were going to pre step family counseling, mm-hmm. imagine a senior pastor mm-hmm. who could see that one coming mm-hmm. and worked out a little time to talk to your sister one mm-hmm. on one. Or and and also, I would say, spend time with uh, your dad and stepmom. That
1: was the next place I was going and help. Y- exactly, because the other oddball situation in this is that this this was like a curveball for my mm-hmm. dad. I mm-hmm. mean, it just he didn't see it coming. Yeah, you know, <laughs> he, he didn't see it coming. He didn't expect the depth of reaction that it produced. He was caught off guard by the amount of hostility that was that was surfacing, mm-hmm. et cetera. And he was, you know, he, all you know. Of course, you know part of what all he was seeing is, is you know I, my life is kind of coming back together. Mm-hmm. Here's my life coming back together, and my kids, you know, the kind of <laughs> like Congress, you know, underneath. Yeah. Saying, hey, we didn't take this through committee. Yeah, you know? right. we're, we're gonna veto this. Thing. Yeah. So uh,
2: you know, makes, yeah. So again, yeah. he loves his kids, right? That's clear. That's not changing. That's right. He loves this woman. That's clear. That's not changing in his mind. You know, what's the problem? Yeah. Right. And yeah. that's a common misconception and unrealistic expectation for people walking in down towards marriage. Right. And that's part of our job, I think, is to help raise their awareness. It mm-hmm. doesn't mean they're doing the wrong thing, they should stop. It just means that they need to go in with their eyes open. Right. Right. And understand how difficult this is. Right. Um and and again, it's easy for that biological parent. That's a classic I mean it's yeah. just so classic yeah. that your dad would kind of feel that way because that's a lot what biological parents feel. See in step-families, we talk about insiders and outsiders, uh-huh. right? So your dad's an insider. Yeah. He's an insider with his children. Yeah. They have DNA, blood, bond all the way down, mm-hmm. psychological, spiritual. I mean, that mm-hmm. you can't break that. Mm-hmm. Now he's got this strong bond towards this woman that he's fallen in love with. By the way, he still has a bond towards your mother. Right. Right? And right. That, that has its own life That's to right. it as That's well. That's right. But he's got this bond with this woman, and so for him, he's an insider with everybody. But... The step people, as I like to say, uh, step mom and step kids now are outsiders with mm-hmm. one another, and they've got to figure out
1: how to become insiders. And that is where all the work and, comes and the other element in this, I think, is, and I'm drawing out of my experience here for sure, is is there are kids who are it, it get, uh, there might be a third category who are more inside than outside. And here and here's what I mean: I got to see my dad's courtship with this woman. Mm-hmm. I got to see mm-hmm. how 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 he was landing if yeah. i can say it that way from something that had been very painful and i saw the positive aspects of their relationship my younger sister was in too much pain mm. to see any of that and my older siblings because they weren't in the house at all didn't see the courtship at all mm. they were really on the outside of this deal and so so because of their because of the different locations we were coming at this relationship with and the reactions that it was generating everyone was in a different place in terms yep. of what was going on
2: one of the analogies i like to use to help families is how do you cook a step family
3: mm-hmm.
2: right and it's not with a blender mm-hmm. even though they're called blended families mm-hmm. it's not with a blender that that just slams ingredients into one another and assumes that they're all going to mesh mm-hmm. right microwaves are quick and fast it's not quick and fast mm-hmm. you cook a step family with a crockpot mm-hmm. slow mm-hmm. a lot of time mm-hmm. but you get there and it's really good to taste. Now, here's the deal: some ingredients are in the crockpot longer than others. Mm-hmm. You were in the crockpot. pot. Yeah. you got to watch it, feel it, experience it, see it, see it coming. Saw it. You yeah, know, participate yeah, in it. Exactly. In a way, your older siblings—they were outside the crockpot, so to speak—kind of living life on their own. Uh, older teenagers, maybe uh, young adults. That's what happens with a lot of a, what we call adult step families, mm-hmm. where the couples later in life and and their children are in their 20s or 30s they're not around at all yeah they don't get to witness right the, the nature of their relationship and come to trust it they, they you know it's easy to be skeptical at that point that's the point time is the thing that develops
1: relationships and the nature of the closeness of the relationship another difference that I mean we might as well because it's a good illustration is I was in my teenage years when this was going on uh, in the middle of high school um, in some senses this woman was a mother that I didn't have mm. because my mom got sick when I was very very young and yes. really not very conscious of the world around me other than, you know, mm-hmm. little league baseball and that yeah. kind of thing. Now I'm, I've got life questions. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I'm starting to date girls. So, yeah. you know, I want I want females point of view about some things. Mm-hmm. And she's stepping in and and being an adult in my life mm-hmm. that's actually helping me negotiate aspects of life that I'm discovering and trying to wrestle with. Okay? I'm appreciating all of that, right? Okay, um, none of my other siblings had any of that. Yeah, and, and so that in part explains some of the dynamics. It does.
2: Yeah, uh, male and female—you mm-hmm.
1: know, boys tend to do better with remarriages
2: than do girls. Hmm. Stepdaughters and stepmothers have the most difficult time bonding with one another. You had some of that going on, yep. I think, in your home. Yeah, there, there's a lot of dynamics there that some are predictable, some we can't predict at all. Mm-hmm. A very common story. Now let me just point out one thing to our audience. Mm-hmm. There's no sin in this story whatsoever. Mm-hmm.
0: Thanks for listening to The Table Podcast. For more podcasts like this one, visit dts.edu slash thetable. Join us next week for part two. Dallas Theological Seminary. Teach truth. Love well.